Work2.O podcast. In this podcast, we talk to Bill Woodich, the CEO and president of the Woodich Group, and he talks about the art of success through failing more. So stay tuned. So welcome everyone to Work2.O podcast. Today we have with us Bill Woodich. Uh, he is the founder and CEO of the Woodich Group a risk management corporate insurance firm with annual sales of upward of $100 million. Uh, he works with Fortune 500 companies like AIG, Old Republic, Zurich, and Bank of America to improve their sales and leadership. What its uh, keynotes includes a national sales conference um, for Medabank and the national annual meeting for Boy Scouts of America. He appears regularly on Steve Harvey's um, uh, Act Like a Success show and has also appeared on CNBC, Fox, CBS. He has written for Inc., uh, New York Daily News, and the American Management Association. With that, uh, Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for the embarrassing opening. (laughs) 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 Wait, thank you, Michelle, it's great to be on the show. This is beautiful. So, uh, Bill, I I think one of the things I found fascinating about uh, about your background uh, is your emphasis on failure, like how much you embrace and how much you appreciate and educate others about it. So before we get into the meaty stuff, right, I want to understand your journey. What brought you to this point? What brought me here is I started out, grew up in a really small town, Western Pennsylvania, maybe 3,800 people, Kane, Pennsylvania. And I, you know, became a rebel right right after high school. I was a the person that got the apps that started to fail their way through math class, couldn't get math, failed my way through. I just thought, well, I'm going to give up. And that's the one thing you can't do with failure. But I thought I was going to give up. And so I went to work in a factory. And I'll tell you, Michelle, it was the greatest experience in my life. It shaped, it defined my life because the fear that overwhelmed me that every day I would be doing the same thing for the rest of my life was such an all-encompassing insecurity and fear that I had to find a way or make a way to get out of that town and go somewhere where I could do something else. So my parents gave me that chance. They, they sent me on to school and uh, I went from there. And, and, and tell me about um, uh, what's, your, what's your current role? What, how do you spend your day today? Great question is role because I, I try to think of role and I think of something about that narrow. But so, and my day's like, a shotgun blast. (laughs) uh, To really be succinct, the Woodage Group is a risk management and insurance services operation, which is workers' comp, general liability, and auto for every company over three employees. You have to buy what it is that we sell. Now, you don't have to buy it from us, but you have to buy it once a year. So one of my roles is CEO of that company, and it's expanded over 25 years. So we started out as a very small company with maybe 100,000 in receipts, and we grew our way, fought our way forward to over 100 million. That's one role. The other role is I'm an author, I'm a speaker. I'm able to do from the platform of the Woodage Group those things that I love to do that I'm passionate about that really feed the Woodage Group. So it's kind of a symbiosis where the Woodage Group insurance and the Woodage Company kind of feeds itself interesting and and um so now tell us about 
what brought you to this uh, this point when it comes to failure? Like, how do you end up appreciating failure the way you do? So, because I always say that that, that failure is the indispensable teacher for those who seek success. You cannot have, absolutely not, even this year in a hermetic sealed bubble. You can't have success without failure. You can't. Failure is a part of the recipe. It's a, the other side of a, a double-edged coin with, with success. And it's the bargain that you need to pay to get up to the level of success. The thing is, Michelle, are you learning from it? Is it just a failure that you haven't learned from and you just keep tripping up and you know throwing up? Or have you learned from it? So when I talk about failure, I'm talking about responsible failure, intelligent risk, not just the class clown, let me go out and fall down on my face and hurt somebody, not danger. But I'm talking about intelligent, intelligent, planned out risk to move your value proposition, your career, your job, the opportunities you create forward. Interesting. I think one thing that I, I found really fascinating and, and, and I definitely need your perspective on is, so, um, when you talk about say insurance right in your landscape uh, primarily it is it is very saturated right it is it has like a lot of player in it now when you decide uh, to get into this this particular landscape you are pretty much going in a very very red filled uh, so called red, red red state strategy right and you're getting in and and how would you tune yourself into this something okay Maybe I have a place, uh, and I, I have I have a position in this in this fill landscape, and and how do you uh, so walk us through that 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 decision? It's mindset, and I had the mindset that if one person could do it, no matter how many, and you're right about uh, a crowded space. I, I came out of school and I thought, wow, there's there's thousands of people who are trying to do what I what I'm trying to do, or, or are doing very well what I'm trying to accomplish. And I thought, you know what the difference is, is this. As long as there's a heart, as long as there's a mind, and there's not a computer buying what we have to sell, I got a shot. So I kept building my human, my the skill set of psychology, the skill set of human compassion, empathy, learning from people, learning how to listen. And then with a, with a tenacity and willpower, I, I became part of that. Not only just the landscape, I became an influencer in the insurance industry. Interesting. No, I think that's that's fascinating because I was recently reading this book on the blue ocean strategy and, and they were talking about this red ocean and blue ocean and blue ocean is creating a new category and just a slightly smoother life than compared to the to the red ocean. And, and many businesses we see who decided that they're, they're actually solving one of the bigger inefficiencies or demand supply gap in that particular land industry and just go into this, this space. How... And you have been one of the successful example there. What would you suggest to other entrepreneurs who are getting into this uh, so-called crowded space and, and trying to establish their, their brand there? You've got to find a way to differentiate yourself. You've got to find differentiation because differentiation will attract. It attracts interest if you're interesting. So what I would say to entrepreneurs is look at what Mark Cuban has always espoused. Read, read, read. Warren Buffett, read, read, read. Now, not everything comes from books. There's a whole lot that comes from street smarts. But when you marry street smarts and books, you're a curious learner. You can start to make a differentiation because you're learning so much more that you can relate to people about. You see, your pool then just isn't 1,000 feet deep. 
it's 10,000 miles wide because you have an interest in people, an interest in things you can talk with people about. And Michelle, no matter what, everything in life is about connection with people, relationships, relationships, relationships. That's what I focus on. You're not a machine. You're a person building relationships. And that has made all the difference in my life. Interesting. And, and I think one of the you have been in, through the startup stage. So you have been through the early stage. You have been through those migraine that, that comes comes with it. And and one of the things that, that we hear a lot about is big failures, right? So the, the earlier you are, the more you're prone to just vaporizing off the map. You have a small failure like it's So when you have those, those sort of uh, failure along the way, how do you stay sane? Like, how do you console yourself with this okay i can i can exist tomorrow like i can remember that uh, one of the first time i i i saw my first hiccup it was barely something now if i look back i went to my doctor saying that i have to free, see you more often now because i don't know what the hell is going on inside me that i've never seen before so how do you what's what's your mechanism to address that we'll resume after a short break this part of the podcast is brought to you by first friday fair fastest ai powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Make it a game. Make it a game. It's a big shift in your mindset because so so many of us, and this is part of our nature and our DNA, we're afraid to make a move because we'll be ostracized. We'll be cut out from the herd. We'll be embarrassed if we stand in front of people and give speeches. We don't want to feel less than, and people fear there's fear two things as, as babies. We, we fear loud noises and we fear falling. Other than that, Michelle, everything is socially learned. So mm. we're learning what not to do so we're not called out. We don't want to lose something and we sure as hell don't like change. But those are the two, two buckets of fear that you need to navigate through. Best way, don't take it so serious, man. Make mm. it a game and just keep moving forward. It's not gonna be fatal. Unless you mm. do something really stupid. <laughs> That's a fair or point. Or, fair point. Final, or final, because here's the thing. As you keep crawling towards success, man, you're going to fail again and again mm. and again. And you cannot, you will not be a success if you think you can seek comfort and rest on success. Ain't going to happen. Interesting. Now, let's, let's spend a few minutes on your book, right? Fail More. So, what pointed you to write it like what what is the that pivotal moment you said okay i i should talk i should talk talk about it you want the truth you, you walk through you walk through uh, an airport you see the, the business books so you see books online and you see everything's about a rainbow everything's about success everything's about you can do whatever you want you can fly you know like the baggers if you had the wings but there's nothing that really talks about the gritty the real gritty stuff the stuff you have to do to ever get to that point where you can become successful. You know, the, the, the real dig in, and it's all about failure. So I thought, what a metaphorical middle finger to say, fail more. If you fail more and you learn from failure, you're climbing your way to success. Let me give you an example. I failed 1,500 times a week when I started. I lost my first nine proposals. I was losing all the way over the board. But each time I started thinking, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer. And as I pushed the envelope, I failed again. But I kept climbing the mountain by learning from failure. I think it's the most important subject we have today. Look at the school. Look what's happening with with with, with schools and the, the whole. Oh my God, that's a that's a horrific thing that's happening to our institutions. Uh, what a terrible drama that's playing out. 
we're taught to succeed, get the grade, get the job, get the money. We're not taught how to learn from failure. We avoid it. That's why I wrote it. I, I think that's that's a that's a that's a beautiful observation. So I think I was reading that uh, hard things about hard things, right? Uh, the the book, and it was it was uh, mind numbing to hear about someone else's failure. Like I think you're you're absolutely right. People don't talk about their failures. People don't talk about when even in business terms, and let alone now in 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 in, in a school where kids are not taught to fail. Like everything is participation and, and up, right? So from from there on, it just gets murky and murky. So uh, thank you for, for, for sharing your perspective. I think that, that, that's pretty, pretty cool. So now walk us through that mindset of why write this book? Okay, here's the thing that I found in, in mentoring hundreds of salespeople, hired probably close to maybe 200, but was actually able to really mentor people, is that I watched resistance creep in and take over their lives. Instead of making calls or getting out and meeting people, pressing flesh and meeting with people that that was really their opportunity to create a better life, they made files. They they didn't get on the phone. They they started coming in late. They started leaving early. They didn't want it bad enough. And here's the thing for your listeners: this is the biggest thing I found. You just just to want something is a wish, but when there's a deep burn of need. That deep need where you burn your boats and all there is is plumes of smoke behind you and you got to take that island because you can't lose. That bigger fear you have of going back and failing will always trump the smaller fears, always. So you got to keep that big fear you have. Mine was going back home to failure. Clear and present, it makes the day a game. Interesting. And and, and now talk, talk to us about the research behind the book. Like, so what? What does if uh, what are we expecting in this? Like what what what's the thesis behind it? Well, well, the one thing my publisher wouldn't do is to have me write a motivational book that didn't have any substance to it. So they were really tough on me. They sn- you're not going to write that book. But I want to write that book. You're not going to write that book. So they wanted a real how-to, where how do you come from the first place where fear takes over? The grip is emotion. So how do you come out of your emotional state? How do you bring it to the prefrontal cortex? And how do you dissect, dissect what has happened in, in each and every failure? Where's your matrix to learn from it? Where's the chart showing what's your worst case if you do this? What's my upside? What are the tools and the people I need to drive the upside? So it's very much a how-to book that's really wrapped in a philosophy of mindset to go forward and succeed. Interesting. And and wouldn't you say that, um, so if we talk about failure a lot, if we, if, if we push people to um, take more risks, and, and wouldn't that create um, a, a, a sense of rushing through yeah. and, 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 and not researching enough before, before acting? So wouldn't that you put some people at risk on act quickly and, and maybe, uh, I think we have this, this saying that think twice and cut once. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that, that jeopardize uh, that mindset? Well, this is a whole nother three-hour podcast because <laughs> you, you, you've heard this before. Perfect is the enemy of good. Mm-hmm. Just get out there and start, mm-hmm. do something, everything else will follow. You know, that was, that was, again, that was one of more Cubans. He said, just get a job. You get another job, get another job, get another job. Just get out there and do something. But I, I espouse, and I'm a promoter of intelligent risk. I don't want people to mortgage your homes. I don't want people to, I want people to consider their family. 
I want people to consider, okay, what happens? What's my worst case? So I give them a chart. Am I prepared to do this? Am I, am I really truly prepared? And then you'll know in your gut when it's go time. But I don't want you to rush out there without any knowledge, put your house up and then fail. No, there's a, there's a, a recipe for how to look at it and what to do, and it's called being responsible. Hmm. Interesting. And then um, in your journey, like failures are, are of, of different types, right? So there's not not every failure is the same. How do you how do you end up evaluating right? how like how to how to where to place this failure in, in your in your learning cycle? By the pain of money, how much money it costs me. You know, I've had some million dollar failures that actually had to pay that, that amount based on ego and based on what I thought was a great, great, great move. So I've learned from any, even the smallest of failures, but I've learned that the ones that cost me the most are the ones I generally pay attention to. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, when I look at something, that's why I'm so guarded about how I'm approaching failure with other people. Look, have you looked at this? Have you looked at this? And this is what I teach in the book. Are you prepared to do this? Who can help you? And what is it most important, Michelle? Most important, I will tell you this. What is it that you truly need? Now, most people, most people know what they fear. They're intimate with, with what they fear. They don't know what they really, really need. They don't know what they want. And so they go in circles and they make these half commitments. You got to go. When you're ready, you got to go in. And that's a personal thing. I, I can't tell people just to rush around and fail irresponsible. Interesting. And, and there, is, um, there is some relation uh, of... Uh, failure with fear, right? So there's some relation there, Absolutely. and then and, and then it can even cloud cloudy judgment in some ways. Like how do you? Uh, uh, you have been on the other side of the table, right? You have been you have been faced with the failure, and then you have like and and the the fear of failure is is what makes you somehow maybe cloudy judgment, right? And 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 you just go. How do you end up coming out sane in that in in in, in that construct? Well, I use the word sane twice. Whoever said I was sane. You know, the, I have a little bit of a, okay, this is a, this is a game, and, and, and I don't know if that's truly saying, but, but what I've been able to do is this. Hey, fear of failure is the first and foremost obstacle you're going to have to overcome. It's fear. So fear is the thing that holds you back. You're afraid of feeling. You're afraid of being less than. You're afraid of losing and being called a loser. So you don't try, and you start to use denial, delusion. You start to fool yourself, thinking you're good enough. You know you want more. And that's, I think, the root of unhappiness is that you make, you regret those decisions you didn't make when you could have made them and executed. And now, at an advanced age, you're on a park bench thinking, what if? That's, the, that's one of the motivators in the book. I want those people to do those things, have no regrets, and move through fear. Fear is an invisible force when it comes to what we're talking about. It's not danger. You know, it's not danger from man or insect not imminent death it's a product of the imagination and so what Michelle is going to do is going to think you know I, I did this one product this one podcast this project but I really messed it up and all of a sudden you're going to play it forward and you're going to think how many things can go wrong and it's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy instead of taking the Ethiopian proverb working at it one bite at a time to eat the elephant break it down interesting and 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 what's so uh, how do you like so what what do you see readers taking out from this uh, taking away from this book like what what would what what is a takeaway for, for folks 
we're going to dispassionately approach fear. And when I say dispassionately, it's an emotion. So we're going to break it out and we're going to look at what it is that's preventing you from failure. Where's your, where is your obstacle? How, how do you look at that obstacle? How do you move through or around it? Is it an obstacle, a hill worth dying on? Not every obstacle or hill is worth dying on. And from there, we're going to take the steps to get out of that id, that brain that says, stop, you got to protect yourself. The amygdala is on fire. You're going to get hurt and bring us to a rational place where we can use the prefrontal cortex to really think things through. And then we're going to develop a game plan to go after what it is we want by most important, Michelle, addressing what could go wrong, weighing what could go wrong, and having a tolerance for failure. Elon Musk, he's got a tolerance for failure. He'll say 90% of the stuff I do could fail. So what? 10% chance. I expect to have a 90% failure rate. So you go in expecting that there's a range of failure that's going to happen. That book will give you this. It will give you that. Interesting. And you use the word rational, right? So now rationality is another interesting, interesting sort of ingredient in 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 in, ex, in exacerbating um, um, a particular problem, in making it intense, in, in in sort of in bringing fear, right? The the very aspect of um, is the decision rational? Like, am, am I being reasonable? Uh, am I sort of including? And that sparks into more uh, thinking. That again, that 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 comes into cloud judgment. What is your take into in, how sorry. to solve that? I'm sorry, just we cut off. What did you ask me? So, what's what is your take into uh, this concept of that rationality? Like, being rational is. Uh, what clouds? Uh, what brings fear? What 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 creates the risk higher? What creates uh, increase the magnanimity of a risk? We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Because we're wired to survive. We're wired to protect ourselves. We're wired to assess fear over the mountain. In the old days, maybe it was a saber-toothed tiger. We still see traffic today or the project at our desk as the saber-toothed tiger. That's the way we look at things because we're trying to preserve ourselves. Think of it this way. And I have a lot of this in California. You're stuck in traffic. You go into road rage. That's all part of the vestiges of our past. So we're in this irrational place where we do irrational stuff crash the car, get out, have road rage. How about taking a deep breath? How about asking yourself the question, okay, how would I rather feel and what is really happening? Because right there, you make a shift from this emotional stew, this morass of emotion, into a brain that starts to use logic and rationality. And that is the way through fear, see it for what it is, get the heck out of that emotional state, a lot easier said than done, it takes practice. You're never gonna be free from fear, so I'll tell you that right now, and then make your move. You'll never be free from fear, you won't. Interesting. You deal with it. So I think, so one conversation that I, I can recall with one of the auto executive, and he, he, was, he was telling me, Vishal, like, uh, this is what we do. We set aside, say, billions of dollars for a, a, a big, hairy project, 
उसे से ऑटोनमस कार्स और आई थिंक वॉज टॉकिंग अबाउट बैटरी पावर्ड कार दैन एंड इसे दैट वी विच अलोकेटेड अबाउट एक्स बिलियन डॉलर ऑन दैट एंड देन दैट मीन्स वी हैव वी आर रिस्किंग टू मच ऑन टू लिटल and hoping it will it will slide off and then we are not we're dissing everything along the way because now the technology and whatever brings along the way now we don't have budget for it we can't plan for that now if you are an executive at that level right and 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 he said if i shoot there i don't even see what's going on yeah now for them how do you anticipate a failure right how do you how do you console them about because and and then he said that it makes us even now going again failing again a lot more harder because with the track record right you have invested something and it doesn't go through so uh, yeah yeah no i'll tell you what i learned it's called a postpartum postpartum mm. is taking your failure taking your group you have to have a group of people who can dispassionately not include people but look at what happened with the product look at what happened with the process and then from that thing that's already failed how do we use this information which we keep on file to look at similar things that could happen the next time we try something like this so we're checking boxes on things that we've already failed at to preclude or at least make it more heavily favored in in our odds that we're going to go ahead so i'm looking at that from a rational standpoint and it's worked pretty well for me and i think that's one of the big things that's in the book in terms of how to take away and really look at failure okay so if suppose you are you are in in um, in a juncture where you need to decide something right and and then you said okay and there there are risk associated with, it, with with that decision and there are uh, impact uh, that's sort of with the, with the risk so what is your anatomy of decision making like how do you uh, carve out because there there will be always a risk uh, some element of risk in whatever you do uh, as at a leadership level mm-hmm. so how what is your mantra so as to speak that uh, to cleanse and 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 help you rationalize whatever you do and say okay i can i i i can proceed the biggest thing for leaders i think is to get your ego and leave it leave it at the door is when your ego becomes involved in a situation where you have to make a decision is so much is emotional and you're you're so attached to your ego and you don't want to be wrong you don't want to look wrong to your subordinates you want to be right you want to be omnipotent so that is one of the biggest failings i think we have as leaders to say wait a minute we're we're, we're fallible wait a minute we make mistakes and, and i think that's one of the biggest things is ego leaving that thing at the door and i think that's really helped me a lot because you'll lose money if you keep playing with your ego no but then so ego is one thing i i definitely agree right so now uh, one of the thing that that i've i've observed uh, even even uh, with 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 our leadership so if you put yourself in front before decision making right if you put yourself in front then many times you you that clouds the judgment and then you say okay let me take myself out then even that create some kind of bias in which i'm not in it or whatever right so so every decision that you do create some kind of bias that you adhere to right so now um at a at a decision making level how do you like what how, if you take the ego part out mm-hmm. then then what next like what next comes into your decision making that helps you say okay this is this is possibly a, a, a smart move and if not a smarter failure well yeah, i like the word smarter failure you're looking at confirmation bias which is how we look at life it's a short slice that we take a look at to say you know i understand this based on my prism based on what i've seen you know it's going to sound kind of it's just sound more spiritual but it's been important for me i'm aware 
of when I'm in that mode of confirmation bias. I'm aware of when I'm not thinking, I'm just reacting. I'm aware of when I'm using a past prejudice to try to make a future decision. Now those prejudices are, are based on irrationality or based on emotion. I wanna take it and I wanna get the emotion out of there and I wanna make it based on as much rational thought as I can. So I'm, I'm aware and I stop myself from doing it. Plus I have allies, I give them a voice and I make decisions, you know, based on a lot of input as well. Interesting. Now, um, fail more, right? So why this profound title? Fail more because there is no way to success unless you learn how to fail. And I mean learning from failure. It's to say that uh, a salesperson, I see this all the time. You know, they started out, Michelle, much like me. They had no money. They came into the company with about $1,200 in their checking account. And I'll tell you what, through hard work, through application, they, they grew their income. I mean, they grew that substantially. But then they got to a point where their, their ego, here we go, was wrapped around their last sale, wrapped around their last W-2, wrapped around anything it, it took to not be rejected. And boy, they didn't want to get on the phone and make those 300 calls they had to make to get there. They didn't want to do it, so they stopped failing. You've got to fail more to be able to maintain your position of success in life. If you stop, it's going to atrophy the same way it came on and grew. And, and how do you keep your ego in check? Like, what is your uh, mantra in, in keeping um, yourself out of the decision or at least the ego out of the, the right. rational decision? Oh, I still make some mistakes with my ego. I still, I still do. But... <laughs> I do. But experience it teaches me a whole lot. It's a great teacher if you're open to the book, to the lesson. You know, it can be a great teacher. I, I look back on the experience of a situation and think, am I better than that? Can I beat the odds? And I gen generally will withdraw if it's something that I think, eh, this is all your ego and move away. So that, that's really a part of experience, Michelle. Interesting. And, and who is the ideal um leadership in, in mind when you were writing this book? Like, what, who, who do you wrote this book for? I really wrote the book more for the person that's really coming up through the ranks that wants more for themselves. It's willing to pay the price of more. That's not only willing to say, I want to be a, I'm a poser, I'm this, I'm an entrepreneur. No, the person that's willing to do the work, invest in themselves, and really learn that the only way you can go forward is to embrace failure as a teacher. So that's really who I wrote it for. And I used a lot of examples of people who were very successful by doing these very same methods. It's good to have those object lessons, but what it really comes down to is you. How bad do you really need it? Now, I will take you by the hand and walk you through this process. And do if you apply it, I think you'll improve, you'll improve your percentage of success. Interesting. Now, I, I think one thing I was really curious to learn from you or, or at least understand from you was how do you write a book about fail, failure? So like if, if, if you say, okay, I, I want to structure a book about failure, how do you, how do you sort of um, compartmentalize yeah. thoughts no, in a book? Great, like great, if you can walk us through that. It's a great question. I was walking down the street in New York and my my manager pulled me aside and said, you know what you're going to write about? I said, what? He said, failure. I said, you got to be out of your mind. Blank you. I ain't writing about failure. And he said, yeah, you are. Because failure is simply success turned inside out. And to get to, get to success, it's all about failure, man. 
What do you think you did coming up? Failing 1,500 times a week, failing 300 times a day, failing 9, 10, 12 times. What do you think you did losing seven figures? You're failing. You're failing. Now, if you were able to learn from that failure and make it something that really is like a workbook to say, what did I do wrong? Look at my journal. What happened? You got a better shot. If and only if, Michelle, you're able to move through fear. First half of the book talks about fear, addresses fear, where it comes from, how to move through some of it. You're never going to totally overcome it. You won't, but you can deal with it. Next part of the book talks about failure, learning from it, and breaking through to success. To, to, um, success. But I didn't want to write the book until I started writing it, and then I started falling in love with it. So my first book was Always Forward, and it was more of a success book. So I, I really started turning things upside down and say, okay, so how did you get this success? You know, how did you mentor this, this person who was failing and flailing? How did you do these things? It was hard. I mean, it, it was hard to go back and have the pain of all those rejections and all those losses, but I, I found a way to do it. <laughs> we'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. The, the research took the longest amount of time. And I think I had helpers and I had people that were really well-versed in, in the research, but I really wanted to be very accurate about what I was putting out there about the brain. I really want to be very accurate about the drone. I want to be very accurate about, accurate about the amygdala, about how the processes work. I wanted to be accurate. So I did a lot of research on the fear, on fear a, a lot. And then how do people deal with fear? And so I, that was months of research just on that. When it came into failure, it was a bit easier because that's really something that's a personal proposition where people make it a mindset. And they say, I need this so bad, I'm not looking at failures. Failure, man, it's just a setback. That's just part of the game. That's just what I need to do. So writing about failure was a lot easier than doing the research for fear. It took a long time. Interesting, interesting. And uh, what's next? What's, what, so what's next planned? Uh, uh, what, what, do you, what do you envision coming out of this, uh, this book? I think it's going to be a bestseller. I think it's going to be a deal at airports, and I'm going to see it there, and my ego's going to blow up, and I'm going to do something really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's going to be something. I, I always want to write something or do something so others can learn from when I'm gone. You know, and I'm no longer on this earth. I want to make something that someone could at least learn from, become more, do more. And it's, it's really legacy. So I want to make it beyond me. And it's always been about helping others. You know, Michelle, you, you probably heard this as well. No man is an island, and we have mm-hmm. to cooperate and find a way to help each other. By doing so, we help ourselves. That's a, that's a very noble thought, and, and, and thank you for uh, sharing that. So, um, in your journey, what do you think people typically get wrong about failure? Like, when, when you talk to people, uh, what do you think is some of the misconception about failure? Well, I think what, what they do is they take, it, they take it as a personal affront. But most of the times when you're rejected, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the concept of you. They don't know you, but they're rejecting a concept. So most people play small because they don't want to play bigger and fail. The only place you can play and grow is right above your comfort level. I'll give you an example. In the book, there are two Olympic rowers. They came together on the Olympic team from different, different universities. 
One was the fastest rower, Adam Creek. And a new guy came, big old burly guy with a beard. His name was Jake Wenzel. And Wenzel started kicking his butt. He was, and he said, I can have one or two choices. I, I can hate him. I can really hate him. Or I can buy him lunch, you know, two dozen eggs and hamburgers. And I can ask him how he does it. And you know what he told him? Wetzel said, look, my key to success is to fail. Every time we're out there, every practice, I'm going to work right up to my failure, just a little bit beyond where I'm comfortable, stretch it just a little bit, and the next day I'm much stronger, I'm much more prepared. I've already experienced it. But that was a good, I think that's a good lesson for us. Interesting, interesting. Now, um, let's, let's start. So, what do you so if uh, let's talk about you for a minute and, and and thank you for walking us through the book part uh it's very very informative so in your journey so i would typically ask our guests to share some perspective around if something that has made you successful like what would that what what would those qualities be like what would you attribute to those qualities that really helped you become what you are today i think authenticity is is the, the biggest part and I mean, by authenticity i don't mean blurting you're out at people and saying the first thing you think. No. But I mean being authentic, be, being you. And I think it took me a long time to get to that because I had so many iterations and so many different variations of me that when I finally became me, I became very much more powerful. And being me means this. Michelle, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to fail. I'll probably fail a whole lot. I, I don't know. And if I don't know, I tell people I don't know. It made this bond where this is a real human being talking to a human being. I think you have to win the hearts and minds first before you ever look at the wallet. And I've always looked at the people part first, and I'm willing to tell them, this is what it is you're paying me, and here's what you're paying me for. And if there's an issue with it, talk to me, and we'll do something about it. That's different in our industry. We don't work that way. We just get paid and go home. <laughs> so for the most part. That, that's that's a beautiful thought and thank you for sharing that so one more thing we ask all of our guests to share about um, talk about is some of their favorite reads some of the books that they they love that they can share with our community like do you have any any book that you could share for our, our li listeners and viewers uh, I like uh, Fillmore I think that was a really good book and I like uh, <laughs> I like that I read a lot of Seth Godin I, I like what uh, a lot of Seth Godin's work so I'm always picking at that but you know what I read more than business books, and I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I read history books. So I'm gonna read history books based on mm -hmm. Napoleon in 1812, based on uh, you know our overreach and our stretch and how we, as a proud nation, how we were able to come about. So, so much that I learned in business came from history because Michelle, what does not change through time is human nature. So I read history books. I read a little bit of everything. Uh, I'll just pick it and go for it. And I learn about human nature. It's been a great way to apply strategy and tactics. When are we going too far? When do we withdraw? Is this all about our greed? What are we looking at here? So that, that's really, to me, the types of books that I read on my nightstand. There's a ton of them on there. Beautiful. And um, let's talk about, so. This is the last question, last but not the least. So if you want our listeners and viewers to take away something from the conversation, like what would that be? What would be your, your parting thought uh, to our listeners and viewers? The only time you fail is when you, when you stop trying. Fail more is just another word, word for, tr for try more. Fail, try. Try more. Try more. 
but try intelligently. Look, look at those things in your life that are important to you. Weigh them against any kind of risk you're about to take. If the risk is too great, don't take it. And remember this, you don't have to go all the way. You can just take small little things every day. Every day, just push yourself. Maybe do just a little more. Maybe just envision the better view. And maybe just push that bar every day a little higher, just like Wetzel and Creek did. And then you become a little better. That's... Thank you so much, Bill. I, I do appreciate your time here. And uh, I am stoked uh, by this conversation. And, and, and thank you so much for walking us through the importance of failure. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners and viewers would take um, some something away from, from this conversation. Uh, I will put the link of the book uh, on the description. So if anyone is interested to learn more about, um, and I, I'll also put your link, um, Bill, about um, if they want to learn about you and, and, and how to connect with you. And thank you so much for uh, spending time with us and, and walking through our through your journey with our community. Really enjoyed meeting you. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I thought I was sick of home, but actually I was homesick. Never really knew that I would have to grow up so quick. I'm so uncomfortable, don't know anybody here. Just a couple dudes that I met once, that's it. And I go into the booth feeling nervous. Got butterflies in my stomach like I'm so worthless. Is the mic gone? I don't know how to work this. Inside I'm breaking down, I hope I'm not up on this.